0: Today on the Davenport Podcast.
1: Shame is a really powerful feeling of being flawed. I'm not smart. I'm I'm stupid.
2: We just pack it down and pack it down and pack it down. Shame doesn't end well. How dare you? Why have you not jumped out of this pot?
1: Shame breaks connection. You're worthy of connection. You're worthy of being loved and being seen. It's okay, the emotion you're feeling. You have
2: to find the right, healthy way to process it. The hard work is worth it, and it matters.
0: Welcome to the Davenport. My name is Guy Below, and I'm a life coach, a business mentor, and an entrepreneur.
1: I'm Jamie Pyatt, a licensed clinical social worker. I love working with individuals, couples, and teens, and I'm also a certified Daring Way facilitator.
0: Join us as we sit down on the Davenport. To share a little bit of coaching, a little bit of therapy, and a lot of entertainment.
1: We're so happy you're here.
0: Hi, Jamie. Welcome back to the Davenport.
1: It's good to be back.
0: And uh, thanks for joining us, everyone, on your devices. We love doing this and we love to get uh, more listeners. So tell your friends, tell your family. Um, and give us feedback, give us a review, let us know what you think about the show. Let us know topics you'd like to hear more about. Or- yeah,
1: We got some DMS last night on the, some good topics to address in the future. So I think it's, it's good when we hear from
0: you. Yeah. And one more thing we want to uh, remind our guests about if they haven't seen the social media post about our in-person event. We want to do a little plug here. So uh, Jamie, what are we doing?
1: We're doing our first night on the Davenport live.
0: Live. So
1: that's exciting. And as things are slowly opening up here in Southern California, we thought it would be great to meet in person. We're going to keep it at 20. Yeah, I think it's
0: capped at 20. Uh Uh So it's a smaller event.
1: And, And you'll have to wear a mask, but... It's a great opportunity to come and have a couple of hours with a coach and a therapist at your disposal to ask questions and and to unpack the issues around anxiety and stress and depression.
0: Yeah, we're building off of the recent episode we did on the the podcast about anxiety. Right. So we'll have uh, some materials we'll present, and then it's really an a open Q&A session, discussion that yeah. we'll build from those questions.
1: And a lot of questions that we've received from people will build into the presentation as well. And so it's a great, a great opportunity to just get together and to unpack some of these things without having to be in our office, I guess.
0: Yeah. So if you've been listening to the podcast, like, oh, I would love to get their ear and talk to them, ask them some questions. Here's your chance.
1: And you just go to my website, com, and the registration link is there and it will give you all the information you need, and it will give us the information we need to let you know where that event will be held.
0: Yep. April 8th, coming up next month. Looking forward to it.
1: Hope to see you there.
0: Okay. So today we have a guest.
1: So exciting.
0: Yes. And um, we are going to be talking about shame versus guilt or shame and guilt. Yeah. And uh, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mara Vernon. Hi, Mara.
2: Hi. <laughs> Welcome
0: to the Davenport.
2: I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> She's got the Afghan next yeah, she, to her. <laughs> we <laughs> give her
0: the Davenport seat. We're actually sitting in chairs next to her, but she does have the lovely Afghan that was a uh, a gift for one of our listeners.
1: Yes. Shout out to her A-Train. A-Train. Yes.
0: <laughs> Thanks, A-Train. So a quick intro on Mara, and then I please, I'm going to probably mess this up, so feel free to jump in and, and clarify. Sure. Um so Mara joins us today. Uh she is a, a coach, she has her own business and she's a facilitator. Some of her certifications include uh certified professional coactive coach, professional certified coach, uh trauma informed certified coach, certified dare to lead facilitator, Brené Brown stuff there, certified daring way facilitator, certified emotional intelligence trainer, DISC certified facilitator, five behaviors of cohesive team accredited facilitator and and uh, much more. I mean I, I, I consider Mara like an expert on everything. Um, I like
2: to learn. Yeah,
0: And we've worked with Mara. Uh, Aaron and I started working with Mara as a uh, coach for our business. And we've continued that over the years uh, from business coaching to personal coaching to relationship coaching. Uh, Mara's our go-to person when we're just stuck. So she's also been kind of a mentor to me that brought me into coaching because I was just, I loved the work. I loved uh, the transformation and it inspired me to kind of learn more, get curious about what what's in this space. So Mar, what else would you would like to share about you?
2: I think my purpose is the one thing you didn't say. That's the name of my business, which is RIP Leadership, which is radiantly illuminating passionate possibilities. And that's what I awesome. get up for every day. So that I live empowered, my clients live empowered, and we create ripples in the world.
0: The ripples. Whenever yes. I hear that word, I think of you. Yeah. Think, my, oh, there's a ripple.
2: That's what my license plate says. <laughs> oh, fun. That's cute.
0: Very cool. And you are here visiting us today from? Colorado. Colorado.
2: Yes. In my van. So I have a van life van. Hashtag van life. Yes, yep. <laughs> so my dog Milo is very sad that he's out in the van, not in here. But. Yeah. That
0: might be a whole subset of an episode. Like yes. Yeah. The realities of van life. Because oh, yeah. I know there's, that's a real trendy thing right now. Yes. And. I know anyone who sees your vans is like envious and is like, ah, oh, that's my dream. And I know there's, there's a lot of dream to it and there's also a lot of reality to it. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh,
2: I will say the composting toilet is gold. It is magical. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. Uh, I turned 50 this year. So having a toilet wherever I want it is that's great. fantastic. That means
1: we're, we're the same age. I yes. turned 50 this year as well. Yes. An amazing year it is. I keep watching the SNL skit when she's all I'm fifty. <laughs>
2: like, yes, I need I to watch that again.
1: <laughs> and she's in spandex a lot of it.
2: <laughs> Who does that skit? I can't remember. Is it the Molly Shannon? Is it is it
1: Molly Hollywood. Shannon? Yeah, nice. and she's like I'm fifty with the leg kicks uh-huh. and everything. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
2: superstar.
0: Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, so. very
0: good. Well, thanks for joining us today, Mara. We're excited to get your thoughts, share your ideas uh, around shame and guilt. And I know this was a, a topic that you've worked with me on uh, so mm-hmm. that I can get more, uh, I guess, skilled in that area and and be able to identify when shame is showing up in my life.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and then Jamie, I know you also work in the shame space. I mean, you're mm-hmm. both are...
1: Daring way facilitators. That's yes. the yes. word I was looking for.
0: <laughs> Brene Brown people. That's right. <laughs> Followers. <laughs> that works. <laughs> so where should we start?
2: Maybe with the, the difference between the two. Yeah. I definitions. That's a yeah. great place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brene's big on language. And I think that I also am passionate about being clear on what the words mean. So, Because people use them interchangeably all the yes. time. They'll use yes.
1: shame and guilt synonymously. Okay.
0: <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I thought they were the same when I first If you were to ask me two years ago, you know, what shame versus guilt, it feels the same to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And people will even, she'll use, she'll even go and talk about embarrassment because people will even use the same definition for embarrassment. And she really clarifies those definitions.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. Yeah. And since Jamie mentioned embarrassment, she typically defines that as something that's fleeting. Yeah. It typically like becomes funny. Something bad funny.
1: happened <laughs> yeah. to me in front of somebody.
2: <laughs> and yeah. other
1: people saw. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when we're embarrassed, we're not alone. Right. And I think that's a And
1: shame, you're very yes. alone. Yes. Um, but guilt, you're not always alone either. Right. So there's a there's a definite feeling because shame is a really powerful feeling of being flawed. And so if you think about the difference between shame and guilt, where guilt, it, it feels like it happened because of your flaw, but you don't tie your worthiness to it. Where shame is like, I, I'm a, I'm a terrible person. You know, I'm not worthy of love or I'm not worthy of being seen or whatever it is. It's just a really yeah, painful isn't feeling. Isn't there a
0: feeling too? Like with shame, it's, uh, I'm just personal here. So when I feel shame, I, don't feel it's fixable,
2: right? Like
0: there's this feeling that I've gone, I've broken something too far or I've, I can't come back. And guilt is, Oh, I could have done that better.
1: Yes. That's exactly what it is. Okay. So when you think about this one, think about, (laughs) well, I I think about when kids, especially when I, I have adolescents come in and they're like, well, I'm maybe they're not doing well in school and they're like well i'm just i'm i'm not smart i'm i'm stupid yeah i'm like okay well let's tell me more about that yeah because you just told me that you fixed the brakes on your car and i was like last i checked i don't think a stupid person can do that <laughs> and then they you know you have to challenge that for them because they'll sit in that space and oftentimes they live in a family culture that allows that shame how could you do something like how Oh, you know, yeah. how could you get a D on a, t- you know, that's easy math or it's the, whatever it is. And that's, it's shaming, right? Mm-hmm. So we can live in a family culture of shame. We live, I mean, we live in a culture in the United States that uses a lot of shame. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. You've been really well-traveled. So you probably know mm-hmm. if that's, you know, not the case in a lot of other countries. Yeah,
0: I, actually, that's a great question. Is yeah. it universal? Like worldwide?
2: I think because the U.S is such a highly achievement based Mm -hmm. uh, country that shame comes along with that. Okay. Right. If you don't do enough, then you are not enough. Right. And so it's very much tied, I think to the U S shame culture. I think it does exist in every culture. Yeah. uh, And I think it's very prevalent in the United States. Yeah. 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 I think too, Jamie gave a good example of youth uh, in the workplace back to Guy's point, when people are in shame in the workplace, it really eliminates the ability to be accountable because if I'm a complete failure in my job, then there's no way for me to own something and move forward and be accountable. And it's the same for kids as well. But I think in, in the business world, it's such a huge tool because, or it's used as a tool against people Yeah, and then it breeds really poor performance and outcomes. Yeah, because give, me, what,
0: give me an example of that that you've intrigued me because that's that's kind of the other side of it, right? Like, yeah, there's the front side that says I feel the feelings I'm having, right? In right. shame, but then it manifests in yeah, outward.
2: Yeah, I can think of an example. You know, if if someone's been given a project and then they don't do it the way that the boss wanted them to do it. And then the boss shames them and it's basically like, I can't believe I even gave this to you in the first place.
0: Right. And the person, you, I knew you wouldn't be successful.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Right. They have no recourse to learn and develop and shift and move forward. They're stuck in shame of, well, clearly I'm not good enough to do this job. Yeah. And they get completely stuck. And so there's no accountability that goes along with that either guilt. On the other hand, if the boss gives the person the project, they don't do it the way that they were intended They can say behaviorally, hey, here's the thing that happened specifically that didn't happen, which now I can be accountable to that and I can do something different.
0: I can work my way out.
2: Yes, exactly. Blame
1: blame is completely tied to shame, right? So if you're blaming someone or even things like how could you. So I see it more in my work in relationships. It'll show up, right? Like what were you thinking How could you, you know,
0: how could you, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. well,
1: it's shame. It's shame, you know, based because how do you feel? It's a question
0: draped in blame. Right. Right.
1: I mean, even if you go to Gottman principles, that contempt is Mm. shaming. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, you're not worthy of my time or of my attention, because how could you do something so stupid? Or how could you be like that? Or how yeah. could you think that? And so all of a sudden, it's tied to my ability to be accepted, mm-hmm. or to be worthy of love, or, you know, whatever that is. And do so do my job. Yeah, or, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it can show up in the workplace. It sh- shows up in our relationships. So let's pick that apart, though, because the intention, I mean... I think contempt's a slippery slope, right? There, there might be contempt, but a lot of times you don't show up with contempt, but it, you say something like that. How could you do that? And it's obvious, right? It's obvious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt. If the intent was this hypothetical conversation was, how could you have done that? Or how did you mess that up so bad? Mm -hmm. They're trying to get correction, right? Or a change of behavior, but instead they're applying shame. And then the person is losing motivation. And so it kind of all falls apart really quick. Right. How do you pick that apart and say, well, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is the core there really a bad start or is it just bad execution?
1: Well, it's the execution you're wanting to, ultimately you want to inspire somebody to do better, right? So if we want our kids to do well in school, how do we inspire them? To, to be their best or to do their best. That's different than shaming someone into their best or shaming someone into a deadline. And I think in Dare to Lead, you can probably speak more to this. I haven't done the Dare to Lead training. So in the business world, how does she use that same focus? Uh, in- yeah,
2: I mean, it comes up in any number of ways. It's people use nostalgia mm-hmm. as shame in the workplace, you know why can't we just do it the way that it always has been, mm. which has that real underlying tone of when you knew your place.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Right. That hits hard um, in similar, right. It's blaming in the workplace. Sneaky. It, it, this it, is, it shame is super same. sneaky. It, yeah. It is yeah. It, guy. One thing you said, I want to circle back to, which was the intent of people is to get other people to do better. And when we're in shame and we shame another person, we're not in a place that our intent really is for them to do better.
1: Yeah, we're we're it's self serving. We're we're
0: lying to ourselves. We think we are, but yeah,
1: or you you need them to do their work because of how it makes you look. Yes, (laughs) so it's still all worried about what others think. The shame ladder goes higher. And and really, when when people always, you know, Brene Brown's written so many books, and when people say, "Which one should I read?" I'm like, "Read the first one." When the first one is called, I thought it was just Just me. me. and it's all about letting go of what people think, right? And and letting go of like, oh, you know, what that didn't get done. Yeah. So, why can't we just come up with a plan and what needs to be done by when now, rather than we have to shame someone into you're an idiot and mm-hmm. and what were you thinking? Yeah. You know, that's not going to create an environment that makes someone want to work for you or work with you and yet we have people doing it all over the place for many years. And we have people mm-hmm. in marriages and relationships. And I have lots of adults who are working through childhood shame because we don't know necessarily how to speak up against it. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It seems like it's everywhere. So just for the listeners. So what was that name of the book again?
1: It's called, I thought it was just me.
0: Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Too, but that great reference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. So it, it sounds like, Good intentions or not, we shouldn't even head down this road, right? Because it's not like it's going to end up. You can't.
2: Shame doesn't end well,
0: right? No. You you, you yeah. can't save it.
2: But it is a universal feeling. Yes. Like
1: if you ask anybody, can you can you identify an experience where you felt shame in school? You will not find anyone, at least who went through the public school system, <laughs> who cannot remember an experience where they felt publicly shamed by a teacher or a principal or some, but some authority figure, because I think when we were growing, I mean, maybe now, I mean, there's a lawsuit if you act that way, but in the seventies, you know, there'd be like, you said what you wanted to a child because you were the adult. Right. Right. And usually when you are shaming someone, you're in shame as well. And so it's that need to kind of hold people down with you because yeah. You're down. Well, yeah. I, I can
0: exactly like all of our youngest experiences, right? I can remember the Pee Wee soccer team, mm-hmm. right? And my coach sitting on the stand smoking her <laughs> cigarette with her boyfriend and yelling at us to run around the track. And you know, if you couldn't keep up, what's wrong with you? You know, hurry up. What mm-hmm. do you know? Yeah. And it was never. It's such we have such kid gloves now, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you were to see a, a coach yelling at at kids, like all the parents who get uproars, you know, but then at the same time with this virtual learning environment, I've heard some stuff on the, you know, the zoom calls. You're like, let's tone is interesting, right? That's a, yeah, there's not a loving motivational tone Yeah, (laughs) sometimes that the teachers.
1: And it's a shame's alive and well, I mean, my, my daughter had emailed her math teacher a question. And the next day I'm on the computer listening to her math class and the teacher's like, and I had a student email me uh, a qu- blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, I'm not interested in accommodating your vacations. And, and the email didn't have anything about Ooh. a vacation, just said, I'm not going to be in class tomorrow. <laughs> and I think she had even said, I won't have access to the internet. And so then my daughter was sitting there completely internalizing this, like, I, like I had yeah. done something wrong. And she's got, she's a pleaser. So she's She's like, oh gosh, you know, she's talking about me and she's, you know, going through all these distortions in her mind. And she looks at me and I can see the tears coming. I'm like, it's okay. yeah, It's okay. Yeah. It does not matter, right? You're doing fine in class. You're going to get through eighth grade math. It doesn't matter what this teacher thinks of you, right? But it's so hard when yeah. you're a teenager. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for us as adults to process when yeah. someone shames us. Yeah. So you know. Well,
0: and we'll fight. We'll fight to say it does matter, right? Yeah. It does matter that I do care what this person thinks. Yeah. I do, you know. Yeah. We'll fight. I mean, Mara, I've worked with you, right? How many times do I hang on to something? I I want to yes. fight for this negative feeling or this negative energy yeah. or
1: which is great because that's going to come up again when we talk about boundaries. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: My favorite subject. Yeah, do- <laughs> Absolutely. Great great Absolutely. setup. We're do- we we're doing a second episode with uh, Mara later uh, on boundaries. So yeah. Because
1: that that does help when you yes. can set those kinds of boundaries. But but shame knows no boundaries. And it doesn't respect boundaries. And I find that a lot of people, like, because shame has become such a buzzword in the last four or five years.
0: I was going to say that it's, it feels, I, I feel like we, a lot of these topics we're talking about are, are trendy. Um, yeah. And it doesn't, I'm, I'm sure there's been shame forever, right? Yes. yes. Is, do you guys feel there's more shame now? Or are we just more aware of it?
2: I think there's awareness. I I would agree to the awareness. Just more And I think we're willing to talk about it. And I think that's one way that the work that Jamie and I do with Daring Way and Dare to Lead is to really start naming it. Yes. And talk about it for what it is. And
1: talk about the harm caused from it. yeah, And shining the light on it. Right. Because I think in the 70s and 80s, like, I mean, parents shamed their kids all the time. And it was a parenting tool. It was like you just make them feel like an idiot yeah. <laughs> and then they'll toe the line or yeah. whatever, you or know,
2: tell them they're an idiot. Yeah. 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 It's, and
0: it's like the Goldbergs, right? right. Murray on the Goldbergs. <laughs> oh like,
1: yeah, he moron. Yeah. He's a shame master, yeah. you know? And so when you think through that, I think as we've come to learn, because then now we have all this research on, Adults who were children at that time and the harm that's kind of come and the lack of confidence and the lack of ability to maintain relationships and all of that, you start to see the f- impacts and effects of shame. But what I find, and I don't, I'm i curious how this is in a business context, but in individuals, they don't even, they have to learn how to recognize that it's happening. Like I have them pay attention to their heart rate, mm-hmm. to, to the blood flow. Like, mm-hmm. cause usually when they're in shame, the blood will all go to their face and their heart rate increases. And you go, you walk them through some exercises to help them identify physically what happens to you in shame. And, and part of their workbook will ask them, what does shame taste like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? So you start to get into the visceral experience of shame, and I can remember going through that exercise myself. And and you do it in a group setting. And I remember when they, you know, everyone was kind of talking about what it tasted like. And I said, shame to me feels like what it feels like when you bite on tinfoil on a metal. Cavity filling, oh. you know, like it's that oh. feeling of like, oh. oh my gosh, you know, and it's that it's like immediate, and your body reacts, and you have this visceral like, it's just like nails on. But right. if you, you know? if
0: the listeners could see us, both Mara and I cringe <laughs> just yeah. now,
1: right? Because for me, and I think
0: I could taste that in my mouth. Yeah. This yeah. Aloe, yes. Like yes, flavor. And
1: for me, that was the greatest description of how shame has felt for me in my life. And I've, and I felt it as a kid and I, and I have, you know, in certain experiences, I remember in fifth grade having a very shaming experience with my teacher and I can remember my mother marching into the principal's office and, and the principal was like, well, we don't, we don't tolerate that kind of behavior. Right. And, and now looking back, they switched, I, they put me in a different yeah. class. Ugh. Nothing happened to the teacher. They put me in a different class. Yeah. Well, at the time I was hey. like, oh, great. I don't have to deal with this guy anymore. But yeah. now as an adult and a professional therapist, I'm like, We're gonna, they didn't address yeah. the problem. Right. We're going to move yeah. this troublemaker
0: out. <laughs> there we go
1: right and so but i i remember that experience in 5th grade like it happened yesterday mm-hmm. because it was so shaming and it was in front of the whole class and it was just this horrible experience and so it, when i was asked in the brene brown workshop to identify what it tasted like i was like oh
0: yeah you got <laughs> it yeah. you
2: got it <laughs> yeah we do a very similar exercise that the taste and the smell did not make it into dare lead oh, okay. uh, but guy just went through recently so we have them draw oh, okay um where they feel uh-huh. in their body and how they experience shame in their body. And what's interesting is I think you've probably heard this too. Bernice talked about the research that shows that I think it's something like 85% of us got scars, mm-hmm. shame scars out yeah. of art class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so the actual exercise that we use has them draw. Yeah. And so it's almost an exercise that in many ways can elicit shame yeah. for the participants, which is also then part of what we debrief through is how did you feel Drawing, drawing. Right. Cause everyone thought like, I want to draw. I'm not,
0: I'm not a good drawer. Right?
2: Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like
1: I said, I said, Oh, I'm not creative. And right. then the facilitator in my group's like, we don't say that. Yes, right. <laughs> Come on. <all>, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, because we kind of will label ourselves a certain way and that has developed because of something shaming or, yeah. you know,
0: what? Yeah. So that's interesting. So <laughs> is that, um, how we cope? With shame, we just kind of wall it off and say, I don't do that. I'm not X, Y, Z. Yeah,
2: in a a couple of Brene's books, there's research that she aligned with at the Stone Center at Wellesley on uh, how we respond to shame. And Brene calls them shame shields. And there's three of them. Uh, There's the moving against, which is that I'm going to fight shame with shame. It's an aggressive response. Uh, for me, that's my typical armor. I'm going to tell you 43 reasons why you're wrong and I'm right. Yeah, I'm it's gonna, aggressive. Yeah. It's very aggressive. It's aggressive. I'm going to make you feel about one inch tall. But
0: that's still shame.
2: Shame. Okay. I'm I fighting, just, uh, fighting shame with. I shame. I want to hear
0: the three, but I have a story on that then. Yes. I
1: mean, it think think of like that feeling of someone being one up. Yeah. That's what that. That's what that that moving against feels like. When someone's moving against you in that way, you feel one down. Yeah. Okay. I'll sh- <laughs> yeah. I'll share my
0: story right now then. So I was talking to Aaron this morning about this topic, and I was like, you know. I was trying to think of something in my like younger elementary, whatever school years. And I was like, I don't feel like I felt shame, but then I shared a story of, I I had a, I don't know. She'll never hear this. I had a, (laughs) um, it was my fourth grade teacher and I had a science project and we were doing, and it was on solar energy. And I spent all this time. I liked drawing like floor plans and houses and stuff. So I, I got my rulers out and I drew these houses and we put solar panels on them and all this stuff. And, and then worked with my mom and we did all the lettering and I I think we did a good job. Yeah. Right. My mom's contribution was to, I draw uh, kind of lightly. So she had traced over everything to make it with a pen to make it darker. Anyway, we get it all set up and I didn't do, I didn't win the science fair. Um, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I can't remember if I got <laughs> notified or she brought me up to her desk or if she called my mom cause my mom got involved but she, she said, um, I don't, I believe you cheated. I don't believe you did this work.
2: Oh. Mm.
0: And I didn't think that was a shame story, but my retaliation was like, how dare you? At, a, at fourth grade, I was like, how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> Right. I, there was that audacity. I was like, you, I didn't even like acknowledge it. I was like, you I can't believe you said this. I can't. Of course I did it. Why would you accuse me of that? Yeah. And then, you know, my mom came and I think I remember we had a talk in the principal's office (laughs) and I got an apology. Yeah. Um, but I still always felt I, I, she was like kind of dead to me. I was like, I don't, I don't trust that teacher.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So this is interesting. So is that, I think you've actually described, there's four self-conscious affects. We talked about three of them earlier. So there's shame. I am bad. Uh huh. Uh, There's guilt. I did something bad. Yeah. We talked about embarrassment, Embarrassment. which is where it's kind of fleeting. We typically laugh about it. We don't feel alone. And then there's humiliation. Mm -hmm. And humiliation has the same response physiologically as shame. The difference is that you don't feel that you deserved it. And so what you just described was humiliation. Yes.
0: Okay. You just unlocked my key. That's my version of shame. Oh yeah. Because all my examples have that element to it. Oh, yeah. I feel wronged, yeah. but I am still affected by the shame.
2: Yeah. Well, to be clear, they're different. Yeah. Oh, so they're not the same. If you responded in shame in that scenario, you would have been like, yep. Yeah, I, 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 must che- have I Maybe I did cheat. Yeah, I did <laughs> cheat. I, did I cheat? I mean, you yeah. start
1: questioning your own character mm-hmm. versus you were like, I did this work. I know oh. I did this work. What you think is not important to me anymore. I don't I don't trust you now. Which actually is a healthy response in saying, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if this person is trustworthy, right? Like they aren't respectful of my story. And so I, yeah. I I'm gonna put some distance there,
0: which is I do recall. I mean, there was that moment where I was like I did I, I mean, I did it, but maybe I didn't I, I remember I think it you because questioned. my mom traced everything, did uh-huh. that Is that what disqualified me? Yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but coming out of that experience, not feeling undeserving of love or worthiness or whatever, mm-hmm. actually lends itself to humiliation. humiliation.
0: yeah okay.
2: yeah, and the difference, I think, as well, in my experience is if we feel humiliated, we're willing to set a boundary. Mhm. Like I'll have a conversation. I'll tell you it's not okay that you accuse me going forward. Yeah. I'll say maybe in the future ask me if you think I've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. With with shame. I don't set boundaries uh, because okay. I feel like I I
1: take it as truth. Yes. Like oh, yes. Oh, I must have done something wrong.
2: Yeah. Even
1: okay. if deep down in my core I know I did the work, I will allow someone else to you know, I will give
0: them so the you, power. You can. You'll lose sight of your truth. Yeah, you'll let mm-hmm. it. You'll kind of let it erode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, you see it in.
1: You see it in unhealthy marriages a lot, right? Because what happens? It kind of goes back to that old story about the frog. So if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it's going to jump out. And so if I walk into Albertsons and the cashier is shaming me, I'm gonna be like, "What? You must be having a bad day." <laughs> like I'm not going to step into shame, but if I You know, if if you put the frog in a pot of water and slowly heat it to boiling, that frog's going to boil to death. And so if I start in a relationship that feels good and it feels somewhat normal, but over time, the shaming and the contempt kind of comes in. After 20 years, I mean, I have people in my office and I'm like, I'm seeing it as a third party for the first time. And it's so obvious, Because that water's boiling. I'm thinking... You why have you not jumped out of this pot? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's it's not that bad. Like it's it's not boiling yeah. yet. And and so our tolerance level for like, yeah, well, I w- I deserved it or yeah, I, you know, I it, see. Okay. It, we uh, can allow ourselves to live in shame for a long time thinking, yeah, I'm not that great of a person. And and what I go back to I think in social work, right, is social work practices from a systems theory but also from we're all connected. And so just by the fact that you have a pulse and you're a human being, you're worthy. You're worthy of connection. You're worthy of being loved and being seen.
2: And of belonging.
1: Right. You don't have to Mm -hmm. earn that. But yet a lot of times in our culture, we teach that like you earn that by I mean, just think about how our society is set up. Yeah. Well,
0: Mara, you said that the doing, right? Right. It's all
2: about, oh,
1: i cum laude because I got a, I joined this group because I got this GPA or I, you know, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have standards and things to strive for Mm -hmm. and all of that, but that certainly isn't what allows you to be loved or belong
2: or, you know, things like that. And again, circling back to the workplace, that's prevalent in the workplace that shame is used as a tool to try to force more productivity out of people, or the only way that they are judged as worthy in the workplace is their work performance. Yeah.
0: And right. I yeah. mean, you have your your performance criteria, you mm-hmm. have your reviews, I mean, you have-
1: No one gets a raise because they're funny <laughs> or like you're the fun guy to have on the team. <laughs> right, we, That's love you, the, yeah. we love them. <laughs> yeah. <right?
0: laughs>
2: yeah. The guy who gets a raise is the guy who gets it done. Right. Yeah. And, so
0: how, how well, we, we interrupted. So the yeah. first Same Shield was-
2: the moving against. Moving against. Yes. Okay. The shame, responding to shame with shame. hmm Uh, the second is moving toward, which is a pleasing type of behavior. It's, it's placating. It's, I'm going to tell you. yeah approval. Yeah. It's a, belonging. And... Just tell you whatever you want to hear in this mm-hmm. moment to help. It's
1: Eddie Haskell. To make it to stop? Think,
2: yes. <laughs> okay. And to make mm-hmm. things, uh, in air quotes, feel Again, better.
1: You'll see that in marriage. Someone's shaming somebody and the partner's like, I, you're right. You're right. Like I, yeah. I, you know, they just take it. Yes. Right. Yes. So I, I just want this to end. I just want this to be over. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to join you in it so that you feel like you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and ultimately I think in that shame shield, you believe it too. Like you yeah. kind of take it. You're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And to be clear, that's very different than valuing something like harmony. Or guy, I know you value optimism. Yeah. It's not a positive response. It's a response that is trying to deal with the pain of the disconnection and the not feeling like we love so are it's a, it's, being loved or belong.
0: It's not intentional. It's reactionary. Right. Okay.
1: And yeah. and the sickness part of it is that I'm going to seek acceptance and belonging by joining the shame. Like yes. I'm going to step into the shame. Yeah. So then my, I feel connected to my partner or my boss or whatever. I mean, it's super unhealthy and way more quiet. Like yes. it's not as blatant.
2: Right. And I think there's that space in the workplace of it when we take a hierarchy and we talk power, we talk diversity, equity, inclusivity, and there's any of those dynamics at play that is a response I see frequently in the workplace where folks don't feel that it's safe for them to say something, to say the truth. And so then they go into shame because then they feel like, well, I'm not actually saying what I know to be true. I'm not standing up to this person that just said something horrible about me. And I just agree and walk and walk away. And there's a difference between walking away with intention because it doesn't feel safe. And maybe you have a comment on this too, Jamie, but there's the the space of shame pushes into a place where we're already escalated physiologically. And so then that the safety conversation gets bigger.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what's the third shield?
2: Uh, The third shield is moving away, which is disappearing. It's avoiding silent. (laughs) Yep. Not showing up
1: even (laughs) keeping secrets. It could be keeping secrets. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's there's it's that pulling like hiding the hiding part. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: And to be clear, all three are not helpful.
0: There isn't there isn't Please a favorite not, one here. No. Like,
2: <laughs> well, and the purpose, right, of all of those shields
1: and shame in general is disconnection. Yes. So, in, and Brene will teach right that the opposite of that is empathy. I mean, we could do a whole episode just on empathy, mm-hmm. but empathy, Monica, write that one. Down. <laughs> <laughs> empathy fosters connection. Shame breaks connection. Yes. Right? So that's a really important piece to understand because when people are like, well, how do we get out of shame culture? How do we I'm like, we we provide empathy, right? Yeah. And so like So,
0: so re- say that again because that I was just thinking that. Like if it's everywhere, like how do we It is. H- how do but we not about, have this stuck to us all the time?
1: But think about if our culture fostered more empathy, which is just I see you in your context and in your space. I'm going to give you that context and space, and I'm not going to make you feel bad about where you are, and I am where I am. And may, even if I'm further along or I'm behind, it doesn't really matter because we're all connected somehow in this human experience. And I go back to the example I used about the Iron Man when I was finishing and I was listening to The Winner. And I was thinking, okay, I wasn't, that was the
0: one that went to the movies. Yeah, before and you got and done. had
1: showered yeah. and eaten lunch, and I'm like coming across the finish line. And I thought, at the end of the day, I mean, most people are still in bed as yeah. we're finishing this thing, and and at the end of the day, in 20 years, no one's like, well, what was your time? You know, I mean, it's like, oh, you finished an Ironman, and I think that's how we have to kind of view each other. Is we're all in this life, and we're doing. I think empathy is about giving people the benefit of the doubt that everyone's doing the best they can with the tools they've been given. Yeah. And we can, always, can we do better? Yeah. Yes. Can we always learn more tools? Yes. Are mm-hmm. there people unwilling to do that? Yes. Yes. But it's not my place to decide and play judge. Right. So I think that's where that empathy piece can make a huge difference in our culture. Mm -hmm. And that's where you start. We think about the people you like to be around the most. They're probably the people who hold the most empathy and give you the most generosity to be yourself.
2: Yeah. Love it. I think too, Guy, this space of empathy and then also being willing, as we talked about earlier, to name shame. Mm -hmm. And what I work with all of my clients on and in particular with the inner critic. So we've been talking a lot about shaming each other. And then also we shame internally. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what I was going right? to say, because it, mm-hmm. it did feel external, but I'm probably more guilty of yeah, the most internal are, shame. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Yeah.
2: most of us are. Mm-hmm. And so what I work with them on is to, to notice shame, speak shame, talk to someone else if they can, with the goal of moving from the shame position to the guilt position. So to move from, I'm a horrible person, to, you know what, I did something horrible. Because if I moved to, I did something horrible, I can own it, be accountable to it, make amends and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, when you don't
1: do that, when you're like, I am horrible, you have a little backpack. I always tell people to imagine the backpack of just those bricks that they're loading <sighs> into that backpack. But when you just say, oh, that was, oh, I shouldn't, that wasn't a smart decision. Rather than I'm not smart. I don't I'm not adding any weight to that backpack, right? I'm just moving on. Like I made a mistake, it didn't go my way, but I'm still smart. I'm still okay. And move forward. Other but otherwise when we shame ourselves, I just feel like we have these backpacks that turn it, you know, we have like day packs and then we have like backpacking packs. And the, pretty soon you have like the, 50 know, mile the pack. grocery cart. The grocery and the, car. you know, we're just yeah. like we're weighed down in the shame we're imposing on ourselves. And so we have to be really aware of that too. Yeah.
2: Well, and when we don't process it, it comes out. So we talk about a couple of these ways that we don't rumble with emotion. And one of them is is stockpiling where Mm. we just pack it down and pack it down and pack it down. And then eventually it comes out in our body. We get sick. So all these Mm -hmm.
0: feelings of shame, we just keep Mm-hmm. Loading up a our, our shopping cart's a good, I'm picturing, yeah, pushing a shopping cart around in life, right? That's mm-hmm. clumsy. So you pack it, you fill it up, and then you said it comes out.
2: Well, it'll come out a number of ways. Uh, the stockpiling that I mentioned, it'll actually come out in your body. I can give you an example of that. Yeah. Uh, so I coach and I facilitate. I was going through a really hard divorce about four and a half years ago, and I was experiencing a lot of shame around the divorce. I was not processing it. I was also working with a big client uh in person it was two hundred and seventy five liters uh in a in a room and I'm all mic'd up with my like Justin Bieber concert headset. <laughs> and uh and it got me. I, I had not been processing it. I love facilitating, but all of a sudden things started going dark and basically my while bo- you're on stage. Oh yeah my body went into shutdown. Oh, so wow. the people in the front row saw it. They Grabbed a chair, they literally <laughs> shoved the chair, and I passed out into the chair instead of hitting the ground. Oh, but wow. that's an example of stockpiling. I was just pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing Holding it down, it. Yeah. not processing it. And eventually, the body will get you. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, I was thinking, like, because there's probably a lot of high functioning shame holders, right? Mm-hmm. With oh, yeah. large shopping carts that were pushing around. Yeah. So, is it just a matter of time or? like, can you hack of, it, right? Is there a life hack that says, oh, I can, I can do, stockpile and <laughs> push it all down and still make, you know. But
1: think of a lot of people who have chronic headaches or mm-hmm. they have chronic pain and the doctor, they're like, I've had x-rays, I've had MRIs and the doctor, there's no, they can't find anything. And when they're in my office, I'm like, I oh, but we can find it.
2: <laughs>
1: you know? yeah," Because people don't make the mind-body connection yes. enough, you know, and we want there to be a physical reason. For some reason, it's more socially acceptable if the doctor's like, oh, well, I have a broken rib. That's why I'm in pain all the time yeah. versus I shame myself for 15 years and I'm in pain all the time, right? Because that's actually, it takes a lot of courage to show up and say, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. And and so your body is going to hold that. And I always tell my clients, if you don't talk about your feelings, your feelings will have control over you. Yes, and if you talk about your feelings, you will have control over them. And so that's that process part, right? Because yes. – and you think about when you're really, really stressed and you're holding it in. You've got GI issues. You've got – I mean, <laughs> the Toms are like I just say, I'm just like, nightstand. So I have, I have shame heartburn? Is that yes. what I'm – Well, it can be, right? It does, or even just it does, any emotion, stress, mm-hmm. whatever we don't process, it can make us feel physically sick. I mean, there's actually a, a disorder called conversion disorder and yeah. ER doctors use it all the time. But if they can't explain why you're having pain, they're going to be like, well, it's probably coming from your mind, you know? <laughs> and so, and a lot of people get scared by that, but the reality is your body is powerful, right? And it's, there's that great book. The body yeah. keeps the score
0: yes. and
2: it does.
1: So, yeah.
0: so Mara, how did you recover from that then? What, what was your,
2: <laughs> how did you climb out? I came to so, you to some really nice people. So you uh, passed
0: out in a chair on stage yeah. with your Justin Bieber mic. Yeah. And then you woke up.
2: And yeah. She
1: started singing and baby. Of- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I wish. Just, yeah, I wish hey, I popped he- up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I made a joke. Yeah. Uh, about it. And I think I actually told I probably told that story in the moment just around how important it is that we process things.
0: Right, because you could have doubled down to been more shame. Right? Oh, right. Yes. You could have been like Oh my gosh! Yeah. I, I I gotta go home. Oh right? yeah, I'm no, done. I think
2: I had two hours left to go. So yeah. yeah. They just took a break. I think they took an impromptu break. Somebody got me some water, and it, it was lovely. To Jamie's point, like, these people just went into empathy super quick, and so I, I think I you didn't... must have been
0: doing a good job. Like they already had uh, adopted yes. your concepts.
2: <laughs> we we were doing a year long <laughs> series on emotional intelligence, so yes.
0: Uh, like this uh, was we were a well test. I was just testing you. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And and I think again just to what Jamie was talking about, the space of needing to process emotion is so important and to, and to name shame. And, and if we don't know what to call it, call yeah. it something. Right. So
0: so what was your next steps? So you, I mean, obviously you were on stage, you had to kind of wrap that up. What did you do after that? Like, oh, I just to, drank
2: some water and kept going. No, but oh, oh, like to, to unpack, that, yeah. right. Well, so you I, have all this packed uh, down when yes. you're back in the van, right? When you're back in the van. <laughs> Sadly, I didn't have the van then. Um, but no, I think sometimes, even though this is my profession, yeah, we're all fairly stubborn about getting help.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so let's pause because like coaches, therapists, yes. we all have our stuff.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and we don't always do it right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: The advantage
1: I think to coaching and being a therapist is I don't know how many times my friends who are therapists and myself, we get these phone calls all the time. Hey, can I process them? something yes. with you. And I've had so many experiences and I have a couple of therapists in my life who either I went to school with, or, you know, we've become friends or colleagues over the years and I will just pick their brain or I process something in my personal life or can I, and we, it's almost like the professional courtesy of helping each other in, in unless it yes. gets into something really where I need to just go hire my own therapist. right? But, but there is a lot of help available.
2: To, yeah. to do that when you're in that yeah. circle, right? So we're kind of aware yes. of the tools.
0: Yes. So we can identify, we can name, we can do some things.
2: Yeah. And that's what I tell people. It's, it's not that I, I may be more practiced at it. So I might have a higher level of competence of using these skills and tools awareness, and the awareness is up. Uh, and sometimes I'm, I'm stubborn too. I, so what I, I called my therapist and just got an appointment okay. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Emergency I'm, appointment. I'm sure I've I
2: cried <laughs> through that whole appointment. Sometimes I think for those of us, so I would, I don't know if you believe in this thing or not, but I've been called a highly sensitive person in the Mm -hmm. past Mm -hmm. uh, through some therapeutic uh, scenarios. So I tend to feel things very somatically. Okay. And so when I connect to something, it can be fairly devastating. Like I'm not joking that I, after I think that event probably spent the next six sessions sobbing near with your, the entire with your therapist? Yes, because it's like my body needs to process and then mm-hmm. the farther you pack it down, probably the more sobbing time you need yeah. to get it out. So things I do for maintenance is like movies like Steel Magnolias, which I know will make me sob. Like I'll actually wait, wait. Oh, you- I'll proactively if I'm going through something hard, crying what, event. what, what yes. it really
1: is, what she's doing is planning a cleanse. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So whenever, so this is something that as soon as I have a client who starts crying, the very first thing they say is like, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm crying. And I'm like, well, I do. Cause it's a really sad exactly. story. This is really yeah. sad. This is hard stuff. Like cry. And there's, I buy Kleenex at Costco. So there's plenty of it. So take a tissue and finish crying because this is cleansing for you. And so the crying, I don't know where in our culture we've decided that crying is
0: Uh, a bad thing. Shame, (laughs) shame, right? Right.
1: (laughs) right. But it is cleansing and it's a release and it's your body's way of releasing that energy. And if you think about when you've ever had a really good cry, even whether it's really deep loss or grief or depression or humiliation or shame, at the end of it, you do feel better even yes. though it's exhausting you feel better no different than a detox after christmas time right like you're <laughs> like okay like it's a very hard and difficult experience but at the end of that 3 or 5 days when you're getting sugar out of your system all of a sudden you're like i i do feel better yeah <laughs> yeah you yeah. know yeah. and so let yourself let your body process that too as well as your mouth, right? As you Mm -hmm. process the emotions by talking about it, but let your body feel it and release it by crying. Or, you know, I have clients where I have some adolescents, I've literally ordered the old school sand on the bottom, punching bags. Yes. And I'm like, go in your
0: closet. I like the bones of the crown. Punch- yes. Yeah. And
1: punch this bag instead of your brother or your, <laughs> you know, like, I. it's like, okay, let's, it's okay. The emotion you're feeling, you have to find the right healthy way to process it. So you're yes. not, you yes. know, having these yes. rages or whatever.
2: Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a
1: real concept for yeah. sure. Yeah.
2: And I think that awareness, I love what Jamie said around as coaches and therapists, we have the awareness to know that the hard work is worth it and that it matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 You can see, you've had enough experience to see the end result or kind of the steps and how there's, there's goodness. And you have to practice it in
1: your own life. Like I'm not going to teach something I haven't tried to implement in my own life. So I have felt the physical and emotional benefits of these exercises. Right. So I, when I'm and I, I'll say that to a client, like I'm not teaching you something that I'm not trying to execute. I don't do it perfectly, yeah, but I, I, these things work, you know,
2: yeah, I had a hard thing happen this morning. I, on the way over here, was doing breathing exercises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works. Right? It works. It helps calm you down. And, yeah. center you. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we could talk about this all, all day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's wrap up. So let just to go back, the shame shields, the three were?
2: Moving against, which is fighting shame with shame. Okay. Moving so that's toward. That's like retaliatory
0: shame. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: The moving toward, which is the pleasing mm-hmm. And then the, the moving away, which is the avoiding disappearing secret keeping.
0: Okay. So listeners – we all have shame, so mm-hmm. identify which one is your special and place. differentiate
2: right between the shame,
1: guilt, humiliation, and embarrassment. Yes, those yes. are that's an important distinction to make, so that you're not. Some people are like, "I'm all in shame." Actually, no, we have a lot of guilt, we have a lot of humiliating experiences, but we're still intact. So just recognize, you know, the difference between those four terms.
0: Okay, let's let's wrap up with uh, Mara and, and Jamie. I'd like your, I guess, number one tip to recover or uh, kind of. From a shame place. If someone finds themselves like.
1: Oh, I said, right. It's for me, it's empathy.
0: Empathy. It's okay. that,
1: it's that reconnect to your worthiness and your value and sense of belonging. And even if that's just for myself, right. I, that I'm okay. I'm worth loving, even if it's just loving myself and, and that, that reestablishes a sense of belonging and worthiness. Empathy will always do it. I I believe.
2: Yeah. Totally agree. And if I'm not at the space where I can give myself empathy and I'm alone in particular, I'll do something somatic. So with my body, uh, to help my body calm down, to help my central nervous system. So breathing is the easiest one. Uh, there's an exercise where you can just put your hand, your right hand over your heart.
1: I did this with a teenager yesterday and they're like looking at me like what? And I'm like, just trust me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it works. So if I can calm my body down, uh, so if
0: you're in a scenario where you're feeling shame, mm-hmm. just
2: hand over breathe, my heart, mm-hmm. hand yep. over heart, slow my breathing.
0: And what does that do for you? That gives you a different perspective. It gives uh,
2: physiologically, you- it actually helps change the chemistry in your body okay. away from the escalating stress hormones to uh, hormones that would be related to love and belonging.
0: Okay. Very good. Okay. And if you see shame in the workplace or in your family or what, what should we do? Do we call it out? Do we name it? Don't shame do we, it. <laughs> do, we, do we shame them?
1: <laughs>
0: shame no. on you. No, no. I,
1: I go back to empathy, right? Yeah. You've got to create a place for empathy. But
0: do you, yeah. do you interrupt the behavior? Do you, how do you, um, you know, maybe you feel it's not your place. Like how do you, if it's not even being like, say someone else is being shamed yeah. and you see it. Yeah. Should...
2: I, th- I think Jamie and I both said this earlier, coming from a place of generosity is super helpful, Because if the person is shaming, they're probably emotionally heightened and triggered. Yeah. So I might say something like, "Hey, I don't, I don't. Can I interrupt? I don't think you're intending to do this in this moment. Could we take a quick break, or um, ask for a pause of time, or to get clear on what's the behavior you're looking at? Because it feels like you're maybe so high up, I don't understand. Put your little coach
0: hat on and be like, Hey, how can Mm, we? Improve this
1: yeah. it, somehow, and what that is is disrupting what's happening. exactly you want to disrupt it. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to shame it or you know, but it's just disrupting what's happening, which allows someone to, yeah, take a pause, change trajectory a
0: little bit. Yeah, very good. Well, we didn't really get to guilt, <laughs> but we, we did establish that, yeah. yeah, that guilt was the. You know, I've done something. Yeah, I, I, I've done something I didn't like or d- I, that I feel is wrong, and I can recover from that.
2: Yeah, um, you just said it. It's as simple as that. It's as yeah. simple. It's okay. it's as moving. From, Final takeaway. Instead <laughs> of I'm an idiot, I did something idiotic, and if I can say I did something idiotic, that's tangible. It's behavioral. I can now own it. Be accountable to it, make amends, and yeah. choose something else.
0: And choose something else. You have choice.
2: Yes. The shame is what's like
1: a character assassination. Oh. Where the guilt yes. is just like, you know what? I shouldn't do that. <laughs> but, but I can do better. I and can I, do better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and I can still walk out and and have a conversation with everyone without feeling small or less than.
0: Uh, great place to end. Okay. Yes. Well, Thank you, Mara, for joining us today. You're welcome. And uh, bringing your van. I'm going to go check it out after this. Oh, yeah, I want
2: to see it too. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Jamie, again, for joining, joining here. me here on the Davenport.
1: We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening this week. Stay connected by following us on Instagram or Facebook at The Davenport Podcast. For more information on coaching services with Guy, visit his website, thecoachguy.net For additional information regarding counseling services, the Daring Way curriculum or relationship counseling please go to lcsw.com.
1: The Davenport Podcast is provided for informational and entertainment purposes only. Although Jamie is a licensed clinical social worker and Guy is a professional life coach, the information and opinions shared by the hosts and their guests are not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The information on this show does not create a client-therapist or coaching relationship and should not be taken as professional advice or guidance. Please consult with your physician or qualified healthcare provider regarding any medical or mental health conditions.